1: Warning, even though the following voices on this podcast may seem to present expert knowledge regarding skills, take everything with a grain of salt.
2: Hello, hello,
3: backpacking blisters family. This is Derek, and with me today is the only man who's ever used an old platypus tail to flip pancakes at the campsite. Carl Mandroli
1: Carl, are you hungry for today? Are you hungry? Nice. Am I hungry for today? Yeah. I'm hungry for a good episode. There you go. Do you go. have a good episode in you? I got
3: I got a good one in me. I'm reaching deep just for you. Just Okay. For
1: you. Yeah. And with me today is Derek Somerville, a man who has a little known skill of grammar. When he tries to console somebody, he says <laughs> there, there, there but he uses three different theirs.
3: That is so bad. You know what's (laughs) funny? You know what's really funny?
1: Good thing you have trivia today. Otherwise, I would actually quiz you on which there was appropriate. I think I could pass. I think I could pass. Uh, Carl, that was painful, but um,
3: possibly true so uh, let's press on and uh <laughs> <Possibly>. <laughs> press on. i forgive you for your brutal honesty
1: yeah we've we've got a skills episode that's where that's where the connection is obviously today and we've got some good ones but derek i was before we jump into that though i was curious do you have any like for real skills outside of the backpacking world like what are you known for besides backpacking skills give me like one mm, i make a mean bed like I can make a mean bed, <laughs>
3: you know what I mean. Like it's, don't even mess okay. around. No wrinkles. Minimal wrinkles. Like I'm I'm busting out the nurses' corners, no like wrinkles. hospital corners. I could do it. I could do it.
1: All right. Well, we have a Bible yep. verse for today. First Chronicles fifteen twenty two. Shenaniah, chief of the Levites, was in charge of the singing. He gave instruction in singing because he was mm. skillful. Makes sense, hmm. right? Okay. Yeah. So one who is skillful gives instruction upon that skill. Speak. So Derek, here's my question to you. Are you qualified for this episode?
3: I feel like I'm well prepared. I feel like I know my material. But I have okay. a feeling you are going to bend and twist accordingly to make things look foolish.
1: And that's fine. I pre- I prepare for that as well. I assigned I, you a very specific skill to talk about that listeners want to know, and that I know that you're good at. So mm, there's no possible mm. way you can mess that up, right? <laughs> I'm doing a <laughs> podcast with you. Of course, there's a way you'll find that I mess it up somehow. Oh my okay. Gosh. Okay. Well, we're gonna so so Derek and I each have a skill that we're gonna talk about, and skills are obviously best done like best shown rather than discussed. But I think we get some good information that can lead people mm. down the right path so before we get to that though we did bring in somebody that is genuinely skilled and knows his stuff indeed indeed, indeed. this is kevin outdoors from the youtube his channel are literally called kevin outdoors and he has all sorts of good stuff on there i again like not obsessed with youtube but i've i've checked out his channel And I, I've actually used stuff. He, he inspired me to improve upon one of my skills last year. Mm. So before we jump into ours, Derek. So I I think we got to share this interview. Uh, Kevin was an excellent guest to have on. He is, he's an expert in a lot of things, as you're gonna find out. And Mm. hopefully, he'll inspire you to, to kind of up your game in some areas. Here I am with Kevin Outdoors, YouTube legend. How's it going today? <laughs> Pretty good, I don't know, don't know about the legend part, but uh, thanks for having me. I don't know, your stuff pops up on my YouTube feed and I'm not a big YouTube guy and I still see, like you're, you're, you You kind of come up first with all the backpacking stuff, so at least from my channel's perspective, like my YouTube's perspective, I think it's a legend. Oh,
2: well, that's very cool, thank
1: you very much. Yeah, yeah, so thanks for coming on, really appreciate your time. I think I shared with you before that your YouTube channel, uh, I, I kind of found that last year, so you, um, it inspired me to make my first few dehydrated meals that I've ever made. And I made them like this past year and brought them on some backpacking trips. And I think I did pretty well, but for those who um, might be considered doing this in the future, I was hoping we could kind of talk about this. Like, okay, I know, obviously you start off with having a dehydrator or using your own oven. So we have, let's assume we have some sort of you know device we can use. From all of your experience, dehydrating meals is like a backpacking skill and not buying the prepackaged stuff. Do you have what, what kind of advice do you have for us?
2: Oh, good question. Um, yeah, well, I'm really happy to hear that you uh, make your own meals. That's uh, or you've gotten started at it. That's that's great.
1: Well, I, and, I'll, and I'll share how they went after you after you provide your advice because I might learn something right here.
2: Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, you're assuming that uh, somebody has a dehydrator and or a stove, and that's great. I would suggest um, if people are interested in this. Uh, to go out and get a really good dehydrator Uh, it doesn't have to be super top of the line but it should have some capacity and it should have a thermostat and and if you're into backpacking it really should have some fruit roll trays Um, right because you know backpacking meals tend towards soups and stews and chilies and those kind of things so you really want to have a tray that will hold moisture and uh, not drip through a lot a lot of dehydrators out there don't do that and so that's that's one of my top recommendations I think I think next would be to start simple and 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 grow your skills. Um, try some pasta and sauce. You can, you can dehydrate pasta sauce right out of the can. You don't even have to make your own. Right. So cook some cook some pasta, uh, dehydrate that with some sauce, and you've you've taken your first step.
1: Okay. And so what's something that I learned, and maybe you can speak to this, is in regard to the sauces, like that's where you're also going to be using your your fruit roll trays to kind of like you know lay it out, but you. Do you recommend sticking to more of like a water-based
2: sauce versus, say, like an oil-based sauce? Absolutely. Um, definitely, you want to anything you dehydrate uh, should be water-based. You, you're you're driving off the moisture and making it into a solid, essentially. But oil won't right. oil won't do that. Oil uh, oil has the risk of going rancid, and uh, oil simply won't dehydrate. You you can't dehydrate pesto sauce, for for example.
1: And if you and if you take out the water content from an oil-based sauce then you can't just like dab up the oil off the tray. Like that's not going to suffice, right?
2: Uh, if your trip is really short, it'll work. Um, but if you're going to be uh, storing your meal for, you know, more than a couple of days, I, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, okay. I, I would try and um, I, I bring along olive oil on my trip and I add the oil to my meal after um, it's rehydrated. All right, so here's what I did. So I think, I
1: so you're kind of like, like your channel does a lot of gourmet stuff. And so you start, you're basically cooking from scratch and you're, you're building your own sauces and this and that. And so I actually did what you just said. The one problem or the one challenge I had was with the chicken. So I dehydrated my own chicken and I tried different kinds of chicken. And I tried like researching the best type of chicken that would like, you know, do well with dehydration. And then adding it back into the meal, and that was like I think my meal was amazing, except the chicken was just a little bit on the chewy side. Is that how it's gonna be? Did you um, how did you cook your chicken before you dehydrated it? So the research that I found was to buy the canned pre cooked chicken and use that instead. Is that not right?
2: Yeah, that works. That works quite well. I, r- I recommend that or um, pressure cooking a uh, chicken breast. Um, okay. something, something to do with the pressure. Uh, the same thing happens inside that can is the fibers come apart and they rehydrate a little bit better. Um, okay. so, so you're on the right track. The next step I think to get chewy chicken is to, uh, turn down your dehydrator a little bit. Um, okay. a lot of meats are dehydrated at 160 and, and chicken should probably be dehydrated at 155 or even 150 and, mm-hmm. and watch it and make sure it doesn't get over, over dry.
1: Uh, maybe that might have been my issue. I might have left it on too long.
2: Yeah, it shouldn't be uh, extremely brittle. Okay, mine was brittle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, chicken, All right. chicken is tough. The other thing you can try, uh, there's a lot of manufacturers, you know, dehydrate your meal, and then go buy some freeze-dried chicken.
1: Yeah, I did that, but I think, can you buy it in, like, I feel like
2: the only quantity I found it was in was this, like, large mountain house can. Yeah, those 10, uh, number 10 cans. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretty much. You might have, if you look around, you might find some smaller sizes, but yeah. Okay. Gotcha. The good news is if you buy a, a number 10 can, it's going to last a long time. Okay. Yeah, for sure. It just like we don't have massive storage in my house. So I was,
1: you know, my wife is not as excited about that, but uh, <laughs> we had <laughs> it. <can, a> pro- <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> right, right. Okay. So next question. Um, I, I Now I haven't seen all the different meals. I, I know a fair bit about what you have out there on your YouTube channel. I don't know everything you have. So we have this kind of ongoing thread in our podcast about chili mac with beef and we have kind of a beef with this with this meal so have you ever made it or anything like that
2: i certainly have how to go so what's so what's your
1: beef um our beef is that we feel like that is a good meal if you are hiking solo <laughs> or if you're in your own tent or your own
2: gotcha. shelter. Gotcha.
1: Um, we just had uh, one of our listeners respond and share his own story about how he offended his wife after having a chili back with beef dinner. Is,
2: is yours better? or Does yours have a better result <laughs> than the mountain house version? <laughs> you know, I've noticed that uh, I don't. I think it depends on uh, the individual person to some extent. For sure. um, yeah, I, I, I. there's a fellow YouTuber who lives not, uh, not too far from me and he f- was featuring a few of my shepherd's pies and he says yeah um he gives us the toots so uh <laughs> <The> toots. <laughs> he, he's 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 mentioned that in a couple of videos so uh I'm famous okay. F- I'm famous for something. <laughs> That's probably what you want to be
1: famous for right there. Is giving people <laughs> the tunes. <laughs> yeah, that we just kinda like we kind of keep on revisiting that. And we even have a guy that goes with us who just, just doesn't happen to listen to our podcast, and he so he brought some last year, and so we were just kinda I don't know, him about that. But so the in terms of like the the theme of our episode here, backcountry skill, I think that what you said was really good. If you can you know, have access to a dehydrator or even use, you can use your oven, start small, use a pre-made sauce, use pre-made stuff. And it doesn't take a lot to get started in the, you know, make your own meal category. So, um, so that was good tips there. Okay. So you have other stuff though on your channel, not just the food stuff. And one thing that I looked at was your, um, use of, of bear spray. And so I, I own bear spray. I've been in grizzly territory, but I've never had to use the bear spray and I'm actually really nervous about like even trying it out because I just feel like a wind, like a gust of wind will just like blow it back in my face
2: yeah yeah for sure
1: so what tips do you have for for bear spray I guess for pulling the trigger
2: well I think I think you said it um it's it's trying it out you know I live in bear country and I work in natural resources so I know lots of folks that have actually had negative bear encounters and uh I I once okay. uh, quite a while ago uh, had a bear visit us in camp and uh, caused a lot of trouble. And I found myself, this was just when these things were coming out, I found myself with a, a very small can and an axe. And I was like, you know, seven or eight feet away from this bear. And, and I was yeah. wondering, okay, what is this going to be like? Um, how is it going to come out of the can? How is it going to function? Right. And so the bear eventually went away. Was, I got a very long story about that, but the bear eventually went away and we never discharged the can. And uh, okay. what I take away from that and from some of my other uh, colleagues' experiences is is to actually discharge them. Give it a try. You can now buy inert canisters and um, th- mm-hmm. they're, they're designed for practicing. Yeah, a lot of folks that work in natural resources, uh, now it's kind of a, a thing is, is every year. Uh, recertify by spraying that canister at a at a dummy bear, and uh, getting the feel of it, getting a sense of distance, getting a sense of how it behaves in the wind, getting a sense of how strong it is.
1: So, if you're trying to get get a sense of how strong it is, you would not recommend using like an older canister than to try out.
2: Yeah, you can, you can use older canisters. What I meant by strength was like how how hard does it come out of the can. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the force at which it comes out of the can, but yeah, um, I've used older inert canisters. You got to be a little more careful. Okay. But the good news is, um, even if you get some in your face, you're you're not going to be permanently hurt. You might cry for a, <laughs> half an right. hour or so, but uh, you're not going to be harmed by it. And that's the uh, that's the beauty of bear spray.
1: Yeah, for sure. And so we actually came across. Um, well, we were at a ranger station getting our permit at Glacier National Park a couple months ago, and they you know, they just had a bunch of extra cans and and some of them were expired. And so as you're talking, I'm thinking like that might be good to pick up a can there just to kind of try it out to, to see how that goes.
2: Yeah. Get a safe spot. Make sure if if there's a, you know, ideally there's a light breeze and you can spray it away from yourself. Um, And, but, but do be careful with expired canisters. It's the propellant that gets a little bit weak in the canister. It's not the spray itself. The spray is really, really potent and uh, you don't want to get hit with that. So yeah, away from like outside
1: first of all, and then for sure. Um, I had somebody tell me a story where one accidentally went off in their house, and um, every time this is like months ago, and every time they vacuum that room that it went off in, it brings up the pepper smell or or the spray from the bear spray. It just they can't they just cannot get it yeah. out. So okay, I'm gonna that'll be one of my one of my goals for this year is to uh, or for this next year is to, is to get that. You know, to get that out there and try to try to practice the bear spray can. Okay, so good advice.
2: Yeah, it's certainly worth doing. And you know, to be safe with a can, there's different ways to uh, to strap the the uh, safety down. You can use a, a plastic tie strap for when it's being tra- uh, transported or stored at home. Okay, and you can also get a you can also get a plastic case that the whole thing goes in. Again, that's just for, for transport. Uh, transporta- yeah, transport and storage. So, have you? heard of them going off during transport
1: as a result of not doing that?
2: I, uh, I've heard of them going off in our office. (laughs) (laughs) That's not good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So do you have, do you have carpet in your office? Uh, I do, but this was, uh, down in the basement. Um, some of the, some of the enforcement officers were, uh, uh had one go off by mistake gotcha okay (laughs) cleared cleared out cleared out the whole office right
1: and where do you usually carry it when you're in bear country
2: i always carry it where i can reach it um ideal ideally it's on your you know the side of your good hand or uh someplace they have some shoulder um sorry chest straps that you can reach with either hand which is really good ideally you pull it out when you see the bear
1: Okay. I didn't know if you like preferred shoulder strap versus hip belt versus, you know, like water bottle pocket or whatever. So
2: yeah, I do whatever works. I want it on my body, not on my pack if I can help it. So often when I'm backpacking, I do put it on my pack. It's just the most convenient spot. Um, but I do a lot of canoe tripping as well. And, uh, you know, when you're on a portage, you don't want it on your pack. You're going to leave that pack at one end and go back and get your canoe. So, um, I always have a little carabiner on mine so I can I can move it from whatever it's on to my uh, to my belt or whatever. And then, okay, so last topic I've got for you.
1: This is this is a different one. Is it fair to say that you are like your channel is most known for, or the the clicks that it's gotten is kind of most common from the busting of the Beaver Dam?
2: Yes, <laughs> yes, okay. it is. Which is a- awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So uh, yeah, so taking a look and a couple of guys that that I go with just love to break stuff. So is there any reason like you, you broke your beaver dam because it was causing some flooding issues on your property? But Is there any other reason to come across a beaver dam out in the wild
2: and to just break it? You know, I, I can't think of one. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I don't have any ill will towards beavers at all. Um, okay. And this is a really funny sort of uh, story because, you know, my channel is not about the beaver thing. But one day, right. you know, we got back from vacation. We've lived in the same spot for 15 years and we got back from vacation and beavers had moved in right in our backyard. Okay. They're, so they were new. Yeah, they were, they were new. Uh, we have lots of beavers around us. Uh, we live uh, um, in basically the boreal forest, full of beavers, full of streams, and yeah, uh, nice. and some moved into our backyard and, uh, you know, pose a risk to some of our infrastructure. So I decided to to breach the dam, you know, pull out some mud and some sticks and over the course of a day just keep plugging away and then I put some pipes in the dam to kind of lower the water. I didn't really want to evict the beavers, but I wanted to get the <laughs> pond <laughs> want to get the pond down to where it should be. Right. And uh, yeah, anyway, so yeah, that that video's got like 2 million hits. Yeah, that's awesome. It was just a thing I went out and did. I said, oh, I'm going to my channel's Kevin Outdoors. I don't have a video idea today. I'm going to go do this thing. So I'm going to bring the camera. And so I put minimal effort into that video. Right. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, and, uh right. And there it is. Uh, very, very popular. Different things you don't expect kind of hit
1: on YouTube. And so, um, if you're listening, check that out. That is, that is one awesome video for sure. And, um, yeah no yeah t- totally entertaining and then you have like you have like sequels
2: to the video too right I've got a couple I've got a, a return to the beaver pond um, I got a lot of negative comments got a lot of wide ranging comments but uh, some people you know um, don't like it when you mess with beavers and uh, oh, okay. so I did another video to try and uh, you know explain what had happened how I had just lowered the water how vegetation was coming back and mm, and okay. uh, that. That kind of stuff, and and so that that that's done pretty well. And then I did another one recently. I I purchased some uh, uh, trail cameras, and I set them up. I I made a small breach in the dam, and I set them up so that uh, people could watch the beavers repairing a dam. And uh, that was that was pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah, I haven't checked those out. I have to check those out. But um, did you ever name the beavers?
1: no 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 we haven't okay
2: (laughs) but 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 i've had no end of beaver jokes in the comments
1: (laughs) (laughs) so on our so on our last one okay so this is anytime we have anybody on we always allow them to kind of kind of shoot any information out there about any upcoming things they've got going on with um, your youtube channel or you have um, another project you're working on. So, so what you got going
2: on? So, uh, the one project I've got going on is I'm, uh, writing a dehydrating, uh, food cookbook for, for backcountry camping. Yes. Okay. So what, what's it what's the time frame on that? Uh, the time frame is next year. <laughs> uh, it's okay. December. I get the irony of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm working hard on it. I think over the Christmas holidays, I'll probably have my first draft. I've got, uh, over a hundred recipes and, uh, yeah. Oh and okay. um, yeah, it's, it's much easier to write a cookbook than it is to make a video about every recipe. So a uh, hundred right, recipes right. and all kinds of other information on how to dehydrate, how to pack, how to, how to plan for a trip, um, different stoves, cooking at altitude, all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm trying to kind of make it comprehensive and, and cover all the different angles uh, that you can. You might uh, be interested in if you're doing a backcountry trip, whether it's canoe tripping or backpacking.
1: Um, and so, would this be something that would be
2: eventually available, say, on like Amazon or where? Yeah, yeah, that's the cool thing about uh, this day and age. I'm uh, talking to a publisher that uh, facilitates self publishing. Okay. Uh, and so, it's print on demand. You would order a copy and they print it, or you order a digital version and they send it to you. Um, and it would be available on Amazon and uh, chapters Indigo and um, other popular uh, digital sources. Uh,
1: especially for those people who may just want it kind of laid out for them, just like here's a recipe, here's how you get started, here's what you do. Um, I think we'll yeah, sh- you have to shoot us an email or something. And let us know when it's when it's out and then we can kind of include the link in on our Facebook page or in our, our, our uh, episode description so people can kind of check that out. So, yeah, Kevin, really appreciate your time and um, all your thoughts and hopefully the inspiration to to make some backcountry meals, use bear spray wisely and um, may or may not, pe- you know, have people out there taking on some beavers. We'll see. So, <laughs> right <on>. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So thanks for coming on with us. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. All right, thanks again to Kevin. Uh, check out his YouTube channel, Kevin Outdoors. We have it linked in the show notes and our, on our Facebook page. But all right, he got he gave us three interesting skills to address here. Mm. So any, any takeaways from the interview?
3: You know, I took away quite a bit. Um, first thing I noticed in that interview reminded me of something that was absurd. So I noticed that you kept saying our issue with Chili Mac and Beef when it's clearly your issue with chili mac
1: and beef. So Oh. I apologize. Did I did not I thought you did not like gas in the tent either, but you apparently do. So Well I mean that who come.
3: does like gas, but I know that I create my own and I don't even eat Chili Mac with beef. So what does okay. that tell you?
1: So the issue I, I is not really, when you eat it. The issue is when one of your tent mates eats it. That's the issue. Yeah, but it's your issue that you bring up. I mean I, I haven't really brought
3: this issue up. I think okay. this is your your baby and that's okay. You know, I just don't want you to throw me in there with the crazies. You know, okay. So. I will
1: not do that. I apologize. I
3: forgive you. Gotcha. I forgive you. Once a year, I forgive you, and this is it right here. Um,
1: <laughs> All right. That so, was that was your that was your takeaway. Of course. No, like, no, no, I had some good takeaways.
3: Um, right. I, I, you know, I really thought that the whole conversation about the inert bear canisters was was very interesting. Uh, bear spray. bear spray thing, yeah. yeah. I thought that was really interesting, and uh, I know you were talking to him about like. You know, do they, they came, he was telling, he was saying how they came in these, uh, you know, canisters for travel and all this stuff. And right. And yeah, I can only imagine they had to come up with that because somebody somewhere set one off somewhere. Um, but I, I didn't realize, you know, that you, we, we were talking, that was some, was it you or, or somebody else was saying that like, uh, the smell, they couldn't get rid of the smell. Right. That's me. Um, that was you. And yeah. I, I, I was like, I didn't realize how potent I mean, right. I've never really had to use it. Right. So you don't really think about how potent it is. Right. Um, but wow, that's uh, that's not an issue I'd want to have. So, OK, um, that was cool. And then the whole beavers thing. I mean, I thought it was hilarious how he basically uh, enabled some beavers and he didn't kick them out, but he enabled right. them to continue building, which was hilarious and and brought in the pipes and he helped them and um, just, you know, made it like a, like a little little project for them. And uh it's pretty awesome he got two million hits on that video. I think that's pretty It is awesome. It yeah. And My question is, yeah. You know, when you're like he had to rip apart the dam yep. a little bit a little bit, right? And stick some yeah. pipes in there. Could drain it, yeah. That's a lot of that seems like a lot of uh, care. It just shows that I think he's a caring guy and he cares about the animals and it's uh But is he gonna get more beavers
1: in the future oh, than probably. he can handle? Oh than he know? can handle? I don't know. For me, mm-hmm. I guess I had a different reaction to that. To me, after watching the video and just kind of talking to him about it, I'm like, "That sounds like fun. I would want to destroy Beaver Dam because we definitely come across a bunch in the wilderness. Not really appropriate to do in the wilderness, obviously. So that's why I was asking him, like, is there ever a circumstance? So the only thing I could think of is like, I got to go visit right. him when they've rebuilt their stuff, and then I just got have to have to have at it. So I don't think I'd be as careful as him. I think I would probably have more fun with it. All right, let's let's break it down point by point that he had though. I don't know that I did a good enough job asking questions regarding the dehydrating the food stuff because, I mean, really you have, like, it doesn't take a lot. Like, you know, you just have to have some sort of heating device and then to simplify it, you can just, you can start with something simple. Just buy store-bought spaghetti sauce. It's water-based. You dehydrate that. And then, you you know, like as he mentioned, you got to use the, the fruit roll trays. And if you have a dehydrator or if you have cookie sheets for your oven, you can, you can do that. Like, that's pretty straightforward. And then depending upon what you want to add, how gourmet you want to get, it you can, I don't know, I would just start simple. And then one question that comes up that I actually asked him a while back was with both rice and noodles is why would you cook them and then dehydrate them? Why not just like, they're already dehydrated, just like throw them in your <laughs> your bag. And he basically yeah, said that just, they just hydrate faster. Like they, you know, when you're out on the trail, they just hydrate faster if, they, if you do it that way. So... That's the short answer. Right. I think he has a whole video on that one. But anyway, it, you know, you, you can take any like chicken and rice kind of recipe or any sauce based recipe with rice or noodles and make that into a dehydrated meal. And if you're on the hungrier side, you can pack more of that into your ziploc bag. And if you're somebody who like basically always has leftovers, you just pack less. So it's a way to kind of manage yeah, your weight sure. as well. I thought that was. Good. Are you gonna? Do you think you'll buy a dehydrator so,
3: and try something? So um,
1: I appreciate you paying attention to me while I'm on the trail because I did buy dehydrator last year and I brought my own dehydrated meal yet last year on last year's backpacking trip. So thanks for noticing. Appreciate that. Did I see? Did I see your? Dehydrated? I feel like in camp I know. get excited about stuff and I point it out and people are like, "Yeah, I don't really care. I'm just doing my own thing." <laughs> nobody. Nobody. Nobody, <laughs> nobody cares.
3: cares. Well, because the only reason I'm asking is because you were cooking all the food and
1: I'm actually. Doing stuff, and then well, like we talked about, we don't know what no, everybody else. I, I is bet doing. if I asked everybody on the trip, did you notice that Carl made his own dehydrated food? They'd all be like, "Wait, what? No, <laughs> no, 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 I didn't ask that. I, I know you made your own special weird meal. You do because I just I'm, told you. No, it, no, no, you had it in a little Tupperware, right? Yeah. So what I'm asking, no, I did not have it in Tupperware. I had it a Ziploc okay, bag. That's even sicker. <laughs> that's disgusting. Uh <laughs> You're trying to backtrack. It's okay. It's okay. I'm trying to backtrack, but I know nobody I'm right. cares about what I'm excited about, so it's fine.
3: Did you? did you it's true did you bring did you bring the actual dehydrator is what i said on the backpacking trip yeah that's what i said did you i hadn't i didn't see it you didn't show me a picture of it so i'm saying did you were it's at home yeah. i mean like why would i bring a dehydrator you're gonna on the prep it? what are you talking about i don't about? know that's what i'm asking you this is i can't worry about you you did it at home right i haven't seen it so i don't know what it looks like so my question it still remains like you know what does this thing look like? What does it actually do? You're throwing your food in there and it dehydrates yeah. food, like your sauces, your yep. chickens, your or, or yes. whatever. And then you just, and then you threw it in your little Ziploc gross bag. Gross. And I saw I saw your gross bag on the trip. I do remember that. You carried it for like two miles. Did it taste good? On i <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I did probably. On a scale of one to 10, how good was that? So now? that's
1: what I shared with you. I said it was really good, except the chicken was a little chewy. And then I took it, I'm going to take his advice and just, you know, just turn it off right. a little sooner. So you would do it again? Yeah, no, the flavors were awesome. And okay. what I like about it too is he he recommends in his videos that you want to have like five ounces worth. So mm. if if I anticipate, you know, like we're doing higher mileage, we're going to burn more calories, I'll put more in. If it's going to be an easier trip, I'll put less in. So I like having that control. The downside though, which we didn't mention, is you have to have a container to, to you know, allow it to reabsorb in. So like whether, you know, if you bring... A, a stove that has like a titanium pot problem solved. You already have that but if you're bringing a jet boil where you're boiling water for multiple groups of people. And if you're willing to clean it out, it still works. But if you're just boiling water with it, you need another like container basically. But yeah, no, I would do it again for sure. I did it on the trip to Glacier after that. Still good. Tried different sauces and that kind of thing. I literally watched the video and then I was like, that's very mm-hmm. doable. I can do that. And then I found a dehydrator at a garage sale for $5. Boom, done. Yeah, and actually, if, if if there's fellow garage sellers out there, those are common items to be found at garage sales. I've never seen in one my in experience, my life. but you're you're not a garage seller. But you're, not you're not a garage seller. But I've so. been to garage sales. A, a yeah, good, healthy amount. A healthy amount. Different.
3: We've actually different. been together B and B with with Carl, and did we find any?
1: of those we weren't looking at that time so perhaps we passed over them that was years ago by the way that's that's a no moving along to the next one Uh, so the bear spray okay so here's so bear spray i shared with him that i was like nervous about spraying the can because i didn't want to like i feel like you'd spray yourself that's what i just that's what i told him and so my question is like he's he basically was like don't worry about it just make sure you're you know the wind's blowing a certain way this and that you're outside kind kind of he, he kind of gave the obvious advice that i i'm just scared to pull the trigger i guess now that I, he's he's instilled some confidence in me, so my question to you is, do you trust me to practice with the bear spray around you?
3: Uh
1: no. No I don't.
3: That that was actually a note that I ironically had written. Okay. Would Carl get hit with the bear spray, you know, out of the can if he was in charge of it. Um, if I, I have
1: the bear spray, I, are you more concerned that I would get hit with my own spray or that yeah. I would spray you? Nah, it's that's the that's the problem. It's like
3: is it what are the percentages that you're gonna spray yourself? I'm gonna say 50-50. What, what are the percentages <laughs> you're gonna spray somebody near you because you can't aim properly? I'm gonna say that's more like 60, 40 to sixty. Okay. So I, I it's a gamble either way, buddy. I don't know. Do you feel confident?
1: I don't, Well, and, and like I mentioned, I don't want, like I've got a brand new can, so, and we, we might be going into bear country, like grizzly bear country this summer, so I'm not going to waste a brand new can, but if I go to the ranger station and right. they have a bunch of old ones, I, I'd be happy to try those out. And let me ask you a question. Yeah. If you had a can of bear spray and you're about to spray yeah. it,
3: would you look at what you're spraying at or would you turn your head away and close your eyes as you spray
1: because you're worried about what's going to happen. That's a, oh, that's a really good question. I think if I was just testing it out, I definitely would do the look away. If there was an actual bear coming at me, I would point and be very intensely aiming with my eyes as well as my can. Hope
3: Hoping there's no wind
1: blowing. In yeah. Your, at that yeah. point, you just got to go for it. Okay. So. All right. Interesting. All right. So that was, so, so that was my kind of takeaway from the the bear spray. And then my last one about the beaver dam, which is obviously not a real backpacking skill, but just we had fun with that is do you actually have any desire to bust a beaver dam no i don't want to do that that's a lot of work man i feel bad for those guys okay so so thanks again to kevin outdoors good stuff it's time my friend to reveal the skills that we would like to share on this episode you want me to go first or you want to go first yeah well i feel like i shared a little bit with the you know the dehydrating food stuff i got another one but yeah you
3: you consider that a skill to do at home and then bring it or
1: yeah i think so all right i'm gonna do that's what this episode's about and that was what i interviewed him about
3: i i'm hey you know what i've never tried it let me put it a different way if
1: you were to google you know backpacking skills you're gonna see a list of 10 Mm. and you're gonna see multiple websites covering the same list of 10 what sets our podcast apart Mm. is we don't do the same stuff my friend we go a little bit that is in a different direction that is true we're gonna we're gonna quiz you on
3: some things later so we'll see fair enough that being said uh my skill i'm gonna talk about is how to start
1: a fire in the rain yes so yes this is fun there's lots of ways to do it okay let me just give backstory so i know we've shared this before but last summer when it had rained in olympic national park for multiple days to me it appeared that everything was soaked and i think i said something to you like I'll be impressed if you can get a fire yeah. going after this. You, you doubted me a little
3: bit, I'd say. Probably. Yeah. Did
1: you think it would. Is that doubt or is that more encouragement uh, and empowerment?
3: I thought, I thought it was laced with uh, doubt. But you know what? I appreciated the sentiment and I took it and made okay. it happen. So. Okay. Well, how did you do it? Let's go over the basics. Like when you're in the rain, uh, I think the biggest challenge is you want to. It's not so much hard to get the fire going as it is to keep it going. So. I think um, when you're in the rain, I think the biggest thing that I've found is that you want to get out of the elements, get out of the rain, if if, if you can, like it's, can you get under a, like a, can you get under like a cliff, can you get under like a big thick tree where it's just maybe dripping, can you get Mm -hmm. uh, out of the, just somewhere out of the way, Um, if you can, if you, even if you create like a little, I don't know, even if you create like a lean um, with like a you know, a little tarp or whatever, a mini tarp, just to get out of the rain to start it, that is huge. So um, so that's a step okay. one. Step two, I'd say, is get your kindling. And when you're out there in the rain, uh, kindling can be tough to come by. If you have nothing with you, uh, and I'll tell you what to bring, but if you have nothing with you, I'd say either look under the big, big trees for like some dried stuff around the trunk, pine needles, things like that. Or you would go under like some big bushes and look under the bushes for something that's dry and you can usually find a little little something but it's a little it can be challenging for sure so that's why i always try to bring something of the nature of um like either I bring like cotton balls with like wax on them or cotton balls with like uh you know the hand sanitizer gel you can bring like uh i haven't tried this yet but i want to try this tea bags with some wax on it you can bring dryer lint all these things Mm. are really good kindling right so
1: I feel like we can't bring dryer lint because Why? in our early years, I think I made fun of one of the guys for bringing dryer lint for, not really for bringing it, but for saving it for months to bring it. I did that. And I thought you're saving dryer lint for months. Was it me? That's disgusting. I did that. No. I saved it for a while and brought it, but I think, no, I think I'm okay with it now, but I think I, I feel like I'm, I'd have to like humble myself to admit that that was not that big of a deal. You're a little, back yeah, in the you're day. A little cocky. And I get it. I'm
3: not, I'm not ready for
1: that. So you're a little
3: highbrow for the lint
1: probably okay
3: probably um so i would say you can do that you can always make your own kindling if you're really schnazzy and you know uh make like a you know fray out the wood like a little piece of wood and, and make kindling right. that can be challenging though so okay. once you have your kindling then you want to get like a good solid base get it off of the wet ground so like maybe you're going to put it on top of some uh some other little sticks or you're going to put it on top of some moss or something just get it off of the ground so you don't want your flames to okay. to get out of there so so you want like some like airflow underneath is what you're saying exactly you want it to always yep. be flowing a lot of oxygen so get to get that light up your kindling which should be pretty easy uh, you can also do the whole like shave the shavings off of this the um what's the word i'm looking for the um flint and you can use that as well mm-hmm. so you start that going and then the idea is just to keep it out of the rain keep it dry and then slowly add you know a uh, little bit bigger sticks a little bit bigger sticks if you want to make the
1: tp you can make the teepee with the sticks to mm-hmm. just allow the airflow to keep going. But where are you getting the, okay, now I feel like you can find pine needles and maybe some really small sticks at the base of the tree or in the bushes like you're talking about, but the bigger stuff that's dry, where are you finding that stuff? That is the challenge. I think okay. sometimes we've found um,
3: like old branches that have fallen off or there's certain certain types of wood that really, really light well, which I think is like pine and uh, I want to say birch. I think it's birch. I think you're making stuff up now. I don't think you know your different trees. Well, I don't know all the trees, but I know like pine and birch. This is from Backpacker. I got this. Um, You know, they're saying like pine and birch are really good at lighting. So even if you – like I know one year we had – there was a big pile of wood, and even underneath that giant pile of wood, it was absorbing a lot of water. So underneath that, there was a lot of – you could find some dried pieces here and there, and then we peeled the bark That's off. what I was thinking was like like w- wood under wood, basically. Yeah, yeah, wood under wood for sure. And if you dig hard enough, you're going to find it. It's just hard to find when it's really raining. If it's a light rain, then it's a little bit easier. And I think the, one of the goals we did was like just get the that semi-dry wood over the fire to let it dry out, and then it's going to start burning. So mm-hmm. you just want to avoid the big soaked wood. But usually you can find little pieces of wood under the trees, under the bushes, under other wood and then uh, you kind of just keep going and go from there but you, you might have to be putting wood on the fire more because you don't have those big chunks but if you get lucky right, then you're gonna be
1: all right. so it's a little bit more work but it's definitely doable couple so. addendums or asterisk there first of all i think it's it's important to note that that derek's experience obviously is mainly in the west and in the western mountains it's significantly drier than in the midwest or in the east where it's a significantly more humid environment and with with things that are soaked there, I would imagine it is way harder, maybe impossible to to light that. So so we ha- so there's an advantage there, basically.
3: Maybe we need to go to the East Coast and really challenge my skills. Is that what you're saying?
1: I'm not saying you can't do it. I just. Yeah, you can't do it. I'm just saying, you can't do it. Maybe not. Maybe not. That's true. Um, Yeah. Well, (laughs) another thing, too, that I've seen you do that you didn't mention, but that I that this is actually something I actually know about, and and I don't, I'm not an expert in this area at all. I think you're more of an expert, but is once you do get it going, some of those wet pieces of wood that aren't completely soaked, Mm -hmm. if you line them around the fire to let the fire dry them out, then you can, it actually like, they dry out pretty fast, and you can mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You can use those. Yeah, yeah. So once once you get it going, it's it's kind they of do. like this cavalcade of success. After that, I they think. do. Yeah, you can always draw out wood around the fire. All right, so there you go. Fire in the rain. Nice, nice job there. All right, my okay. man. Let's see. Yeah. So I have to reveal to you that I really struggled coming up with a skill to talk about for this episode because are you not skilled? That's part of the reason. Uh, the other the other reason okay. is just because the things that I'm that I feel like I'm pretty good at we've like addressed as full episodes before okay so this is an issue that became a significant issue this past summer and could be an issue moving forward with our group definitely i think other people have experienced this issue so here's a skill how to wake up your friends that isn't wow only you would come up with this
3: ridiculous Preposterous yes. way of doing yeah. things. You've woken me up by well, and I've got roll, is is rolling on people one of them? Because that's what you do to me all the
1: You know, if you want to go basic, if you want to go <laughs> kind of surface level, entry level, I can I can talk about that. But I went a little bit deeper. Chili Mac with beef. And I have a whole list of possible ways to wake people up. Oh boy.
3: This is what just for the record, this is B and B people. This is what uh you know, kinda semi anal retentive people will do to get the guys going in the morning, because they just feel that like never-ending urge to log
1: in the miles so and get there on time. So this
3: is this is okay. the result
1: of that. Before you try to paint a false picture too far, <laughs> I would like to. <laughs> I'm like Picasso. <laughs> I would like to clarify I would like to remind you that I was on a trip last year that you were not on, where I got out of my tent. I think it was like six six thirty in the morning. We had a ton of guys there and I was the last guy to their tent and a lot of people had their tents already packed up. I am not the early guy. I'm not that guy. What I'm talking about is people that either are the early person out there or they're like me. I'm kind of somewhere middle of the road and then people go so far beyond the appropriate level of sleep that they're still snoozing past like 9am for example, okay? (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. So how do you, like I don't want to sit there waiting around, like we gotta figure out how to solve this problem. So uh, I want to hear this list. At some point, it's a yeah. it's a backpacking trip. At some point, you got to hike, man. At some point, you got to get on the that's trail. That's true. So, so wait,
3: before you begin, like, who made up that nine o'clock is beyond late? Who made that rule up? Where are you getting that information That's just my opinion. You? Oh, you're oh you're okay. So I'm okay, disagree, your okay. Disagree. Disagree. Why? Why your is that opinion? Well, because like, what if you have a light day? Like, what if you have a, like a five mile day ahead? And right? you're like, man, I don't need to do anything. You know, sleep in, have some Yeah, fun.
1: for sure. that I think at that point, it's appropriate. Ah, okay. We did not Noted. have it last summer, so that's Noted. incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> the world does not revolve around our trips, only Carl. There's other but trips. I don't think most people are going five miles a day, my friend. So maybe oh, hey, some kids. Maybe you have maybe some kids. Okay. Yeah, we're. I'm. Uh, all right. So I forgive you. Go ahead. Okay, so I'm going to give you my list of ways to wake people up. And, and you're with me. You wake up around the same time I do, so I don't know why I have a problem yeah. with this. I'm in, like, the middle area of Yeah, wake you and I are in the yep. same zone. This is why we're good um, tent okay. mates. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to give you my list. You tell me which ones you'd be willing to use, okay? Okay. All right, I'm going to write these down. Go ahead. Loudly sing off key uh, is my first one.
3: Okay. okay.
1: Okay. Sing off key. All right. Then um, you can deflate either your own pad or even better, their pad, and you angle the nozzle at their <laughs> I face. Gonna, I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> uh, the angle nozzle. Yep. The, yep. yep. Okay. That's just annoying. Okay. You unzip the tent at strange intervals. So, like, you slowly unzip it, then you like speed up <laughs> and slowly. It's not like a consistent zip or unzip, and you just do that repeatedly. Awkward. Okay. Yep. Okay. Where we go, we hear. The bird, the mountain chickadee. It sounds like this. So it sounds like it's saying cheeseburger. So every time in the morning wow. it whistles, you just say, you just yell back at it, cheeseburger. That is easily your worst one, but I'm going to write it down.
3: Cheeseburger. Okay. Got it. <laughs> You're right. you don't need to write it down. No, I'm going to write these down i got to repeat the ridiculous. <laughs> Taking particular.
1: notes for the future trip. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So... Those are the ones I got. That's it? What, you what about
3: you don't have farting on there? You don't have rolling on that person?
1: Right. I, I tried to go a little deeper, a little more creative than that. Cheeseburger. Right. Okay. Um, For example, I thought about, like, obviously we've talked about the ba- the gas smell in the tent. So you could get out of the tent, bring a can of fart spray, and then spray it back. What if the tent you use, like, you know, I thought you'd do something more passive aggressive. Just like I, you just start coughing
3: uncontrollable cough
1: dude all my whole list was passive aggressive it, but I, I mean you could cough maybe not the you, not the not the nozzle in the face that's like pretty straightforward <laughs> yeah it, I was everything say else it is. is just like i'm gonna be loud and so you must wake up as a result uh i like the
3: unzip weirdly i think that's something i would definitely okay. i would definitely try that the right. singing off key is just i think it's like you you're gonna look like you're trying to be a jerk off, unless, especially if you're not known for singing. We have a couple guys who sing off key intentionally. Uh, that would make sense right. if you could delegate that at the breakfast ring. If one of them's up, just be like, "Hey, can you do me a solid and just sing?" Just normal, just be normal. Like, <laughs> just be normal. just be normal. Yeah, yeah, just right. be normal. So I would delegate that, and then uh, deflating the pad, the nozzle. Uh, hmm. I feel like if you, I feel like guy, you guys have done. There's been mornings where, like, you guys have done yours, and I didn't even hear it, right? Or or maybe you took it outside and didn't let
1: me hear it or something, but... Um, I don't know what you're talking about. You're not, like, like you're, the, you're one of the first ones up, so I don't know what... Not always, though. I'm, like, in the middle feeling, okay. like, you know, like, third up,
3: maybe fourth up. But yeah. I think, like, if you undid, just undid mine and just let it go, that would be really annoying and i'm gonna wake up for sure just just unscrew the nozzle and then you have a hard pad okay just unscrew the nozzle and go although if i you know lose my sleeping pad and have to use peat moss then you can't do that so Mm. you might have to go zipper mode you and your peat moss. okay the
1: other the other
3: solution to this is the cheeseburger one is totally absurd nobody's i
1: love the mountain chickadee man that's my favorite bird the mountain chickadee cheeseburger who you only came up with cheeseburger no, I didn't. That was another buddy we used to go with. Cheeseburger. He's like, it sounds like one? cheeseburger. No, no, no. No, I got a story for this. And then we, I went with like my mother-in-law and my wife one time into the Sierras, and we went on this like bird-watching trip, which is not something that I would normally do. Oh. Really? Again, with, with mother-in-law. Um, Did you have binoculars around your neck? Not around my neck, but I was with mm. a crew of binoculared people, and the guy huh. that was in charge, super nice guy... We were talking about how, like, we heard this bird that said cheeseburger. He's like, yeah, cheeseburger, the mountain chickadee. Like, that's a common word associated with how the mountain chickadee sounds. He had heard of that before. Cheeseburger. Wow.
3: That's, uh, all right, I stand, I sit corrected
1: in my chair. I sit corrected. There you go. All Uh, right, so anyway. Why, okay, I just had some questions about that, but I'm going to let that go. Go ahead. Okay, so the other thing we talked about, too, is just making sure that the sleepers have a map, they know where they're going the next day, and then we just take off. Yeah. So, that's probably what we'd probably do.
3: You feel comfortable doing that?
1: Um, I guess you'd have to really trust their map reading skills. Not 100%, though. because I remember last summer, we had we hit a junction where literally our campground is about 20 feet from the junction, and, mm, you, yeah. and so we camped there, and then we had to keep going down that trail to climb this mountain pass, and you we kind of just watched you backtrack to the trail that we in the direction we came from and so when was this this last summer like i was going the wrong way you went the wrong way so and you're pretty Hmm. you're pretty aware and you made the wrong direction leaving camp so i I feel like we need a little bit more information for those folks how early in the morning was it by the way well last year like 11 a.m still waking up yeah I'm not blaming you, man. We just we would just need to make sure people knew which direction. I, hey, I agree.
3: Um, you know, and if if you have never gotten us lost, okay. then you can throw the first stone. But sadly, that's not the case. <laughs> Ouch! Ouch. Uh, <laughs> we are both guilty. I'm definitely yeah. guilty for sure. No, no. My point um, is
1: actually not to make fun of you on that. My point is to say that it like because because you're pretty good with direction navigation. So if you can make that ridiculous mistake. Then people that don't typically navigate would be all the more likely to. Anyway, that's my ridiculous skill. We got we got to throw in some ridiculousness to the episode. So there you have it. That was ridiculous. Five, that was ridiculous. Five skills related to the outdoors that you can use.
3: Carl's going to take a little skills power quiz. Okay. We're going to see how well you do. I got a hundred percent. Yeah. So I want to see. if you can manage this you should be fine (laughs) which means you did not make it up so i this is off of the a website called how stuff works and this is all backpacking survival Mm. skills so here we go what's the single most important thing you need to survive in the wild is it water food or
0: midway usa brand product designers have one straightforward goal dot com
3: warmth mm, water correct thank you number two if you're looking for insects to eat which ones should you avoid the big ones the bright ones
1: or the ugly ones okay so big ones bright ones or mushy ones um, uh, ugly ones ugly ones i'm gonna go with the the ones to avoid are the bright ones for sure
3: yeah like if you're gonna eat them though big yeah, bright. bright or...
1: you, yeah bright you don't okay eat the bright ones do you know what sure? Usually the bright ones are bright because they don't need to blend in because they have some sort of poison on them. There
3: you go. Then I kid. Number yeah. three. Is it,
1: it, or number three, it's a good idea to
3: build your shelter near what? A mm. cliff, a cliff, a water source, or a dry riverbed?
1: Water source.
3: All right. Fair. Okay. That was an easy one. Insect yep. larvae. Insect mm. larvae. Little babies. Contain a yep. lot of protein right where are the best places to find insect eggs carl if you had to eat survival mode is it within is it within animal droppings moist Mm. areas under rocks or attached to the insect moist areas under the rocks correct Carol. yes look at you carol all right here we go next (laughs) one why why should you try to avoid sleeping directly on the ground to avoid bugs to keep from losing your body heat, or to eliminate the risk of con- contracting disease. Uh, body heat—the
1: ground sucks it out of you. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. What type of food or beverage should you avoid in cases mm. of
3: hypothermia? Should you avoid hot? Mm. Should you avoid hot chocolate? Should you avoid mm-hmm. caffeine?
1: Should you avoid okay. trail mix? Mm. Trail mix is an interesting beverage. Avoid- I like that one. A food or beverage (laughs) food or beverage Um, I guess I would have to go with the caffeine but I don't know why (laughs) (laughs) Uh, caffeine is correct it's not
3: good because it actually draws body heat to the uh, to the extremities and away from the core
1: oh your core gotcha Uh, why
3: and I think this is we got two more why should you melt snow or ice before you drink it should you do it to avoid brain freeze should you do it to mm. avoid dehydration or should you do it to avoid cutting your mouth on sharp ice cutting your mouth on sharp ice that's why you should no it's to avoid dehydration carl i don't get it that's you don't get it what do you mean you're not gonna like cut how your you're, mouth you're on. eating
1: ice which has water content how are you getting
3: dehydrated because eating frozen snow and ice will reduce your core body temperature and lead to dehydration. So if you're eating something frozen as opposed to drinking something that's not frozen. So why should you melt it?
1: So you're melting it so you're not eating something frozen. I think you did a good job reading the description, but I don't think you really understand yourself. I understand it fine. If you're eating... It's, okay, so you lower your body temperature doesn't mean you're going to be dehydrated. How are you drawing those two dots? If together? you're eating frozen ice... It's saying that yeah. it will dehydrate
3: you faster because you're eating something frozen, and it will pull body temperature away from your core, as opposed to if mm-hmm. you melted the snow first, maybe throw it in a little pot with your jet boil, melt it first, then drink it. Okay. That's
1: all I'm saying. I'll tell you what. I want you to, once I finish editing this podcast, I want you to listen to the podcast, listen to yourself talk, <laughs> and then see this is if, not you're that set, hard. if you're making That's, sense. Look, I'm getting this right off of the i'm not saying you're wrong i'm saying you're missing a step in your description I, because you're, you're i'm reading it verbatim jumping from i know no i believe you and that's but i'm saying you're reading it but you don't understand eating reading. frozen snow okay. here's the, here's the answer
3: eating frozen snow and ice will reduce
1: your body core right so yeah so it reduces your temperature how does that relate to dehydration because it though? leads to dehydration that's what it says <laughs> I didn't write these questions. <laughs> you're not telling me how at <laughs> all. Look, you're just like, because it, because it just leads you there. I'm, Duh. Come, come on, Carl. <laughs> Look, this is from okay. the website How stuff
3: works. I didn't create this quiz. Right. I'm just giving you the quiz. Science major is there. I did not. All right, what's the last
1: question? This is absurd. <laughs> you're mocking me as if I wrote the quiz. I didn't even write the quiz. You're telling me yeah. as if what you're reading you makes sense, and you're missing some sort of key element in the description, and you're pretending like it makes sense. I think you're angry that you can't. I think you're angry that you can't. <laughs> I think you're angry. You can't. All right, everybody out, out there, tell me: it, am I think. being ridiculous, or is Derek being ridiculous on this one? Please respond.
3: Does Carl just need to know that you need to melt frozen things before you drink them because it will lead to body core temperature letdown or freezing or, or decrease, and it will increase dehydration somehow? I don't know. They don't go into it, which is why you're annoyed. Got it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last question. What do you
3: get? Which of these wild berries? You're a berry guy. You like eating berries on the trail. So you should get this right. Which of these wild berries For are sure. safe when ripe and cooked to eat, but can cause nausea okay. when eaten right off the bush? Is it mm. elderberries? Is it golden currants? Mm-hmm. Is it raspberries? Elderberries.
1: Correct. Yeah. I knew you get the I'm berry. not the best berry be really. person to ask because I will literally eat every berry on the trail and he, it, let me just say, folks, you were eating berries that were, like, half green. Yeah. That should have been, oh, like, for sure.
3: purple and black. So. If they
1: taste sweet like an actual berry you'd find at the store, I keep on eating. If it tastes like poison, I stop. Spit it out. Take no berry advice from Carl. Correct. Purple. Correct. Fully yeah. agree with that. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for the trivia. I'm going to assume that I passed on that one, despite your lack of knowledge with dehydration. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. I worry about you. Okay, I got I this is gonna be a long episode. I got a few tidbits here and one of them is um one is an MP three from a listener named Marty, and he mm. I, you know, he's also just like Kevin Outdoors, he is a Canadian YouTuber. So I thought we had the Canadian connection here. And his YouTube channel he, I think it's like French. So it's P E R E Extreme. Mm-hmm. But I think when he if you go to his site, I think he says like or something like that (laughs) so um anyway he so so thanks for um reacting to an episode he had a reaction this is from a few episodes ago about the shoes episode right the blisters and backpacking one he had he had a response to to the vibrams so here's what he had to say
4: What's going on, Carl and Derek? Marty here from Park Extreme. And I just finished listening to the last podcast you guys released uh, before Christmas 2019, which was episode 83. And you guys were talking about a subject that is very dear to me. And I felt like jumping in the conversation. So here I am. The conversation was about minimalist shoes and, more importantly, the Vibram Five Toes. Uh, you guys referred to them as the Vibram Five Fingers. That might be their name, but. Uh, Since I wear them in my feet, I've always called them the Vibram Five Toes, So, uh, but whatever. Um, I've been using the Five Toes for about four years myself, and I've been a huge, huge fan of them, and that's why I wanted to jump in the conversation. Now, let's uh, talk about the elephant in the room. Is it a good hiking shoes? Absolutely not. It is not. If you're going to be having any kind of weight on your back and traveling a certain amount of distance you uh, run a great risk of injuring yourself by wearing the Vibram Five Toes. But there are two specific reasons why I love them so much and why I use them all the time. And uh, the number one reason is for any kind of portaging trip or canoe trip or kayak trip where you might be going in and out of the water a lot. And I love, absolutely love the Vibram Five Toes for portaging trips. Because it allows me to get from my canoe, outside of my canoe, in the water. I don't care because they're obviously designed to go in the water. They're designed to protect the bottom of my feet so they don't get cut on branches, rocks, or anything like this. And when I go swimming, it's just really a nice water shoes to have. Uh, They hold really tight on your feet. They dry really fast. And because they have that Vibram technology as a sole, they're extremely grippy. Uh, so you can, you know, climb on boulders with them as you do your portage and you are you have a lot of dexterity with them. So I highly recommend them for portaging actually, um, especially if your portages are anything under two kilometers. I find that after two kilometers, you're going to start feeling it in your knees because of the weight you have on your backpack with my experience. The second reason why I really enjoy the five and five toes. And I believe it's, it's uh, Carl that was talking about one of his FKT attempt and the fact that he found that his feet were suffering from not being strong enough. I, and that's what I use my Vibrant Five Toes the most for on a day to day basis, is I train constantly with them. And what I mean, training with them is I go on a lot of trail run with them in the summertime and I build some really really good foot strength with them I run uh, hills uh, I live close to a, a downhill ski place so I'll go run the uh, the ski uh, I'll go run the ski runs in the summertime and just sprint in the hills and they are phenomenal for building your foot strength now the most important thing that's where a lot of people get injured a lot of people are doing it wrong you have to take your time with them you can't just hope to especially if you're an experienced runner and you're fit you put them on you might feel feel great after running you know 10 minutes with them and you keep pushing it keep pushing it next thing you know you ran six miles with them and the next day you can't walk anymore that is the danger of the vibrant five toes you have to build your way up to them anyways that's a little bit of my two cents i wanted to jump in thank you so much for the opportunity
1: any thoughts on what do you say there
4: I
3: well, like I like uh, we discussed off camera. Um, I off camera off mic. Um, I I really resonate with a lot of what he said. I think that the Vibrams, when I've used them as well, they give you a lot of grip. But I would agree that you should only be using them for like, you know, in and out of water stuff for sure, and maybe like uh, I don't know, a couple miles or, or less, because when if you I mean some people have the body to keep going further but like i agreed with him when he said like if you are gonna hike in these things the whole way like you're gonna start feeling it if your calves and your ankles and your muscles aren't trained Mm. right so he's he was like i wear them all the time i'm gonna get trained in like strength which is you know great so um they definitely have their their perks but uh to hike in i don't know it'd be tough for me
1: no he said he said no and he said if you're to run yeah yeah kind of work up to it but just, like, I don't even run in them, and I don't even really recommend running in them, like, because it's, it's just not for everybody. But, and I and I think I shared, like, I don't even like them. Like, I don't like the fact that you get to jam your toes in the right slots it's too there. much work. So, I do... Yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it's exhausting. I do want to have minimalist shoes to strengthen my feet for the summer, which I'll explain more about later, but I, I chose the Merrill Trail Glove, which don't have the individual toe slots, and it kind of does the same thing, hmm. so interesting that was my solution to that but but he had some good information it sounds like he's a he's legit he's you know running up and down mountains in in canada so more power to you and good luck with your youtube channel out there he's a very well-spoken yeah, gentleman yeah. Little, little, jealous. <laughs> little jealous. thanks again for going on that, that was great. <laughs> okay uh i got two more tidbits i got uh steve she just shout out to him I'm planning a Canyon Lands trip. He's the expert. He's the one that co hosted last season with us. And he's given me crazy good advice and even has like a hand drawn map that I, I might print out to locate water sources and such. So that's a trip I'm actually mm-hmm. hoping you're gonna come on with us, Derek, here in April. I really hope I can make that trip. Yeah. We're gonna find out. Um, okay. But yeah. My my last tidbit has to do with that actually. So really? yeah, we've got um we got a lot of guys that wanna go, okay. And we talked a couple episodes ago about this whole idea of the invite window, but we kind of assumed that we'd, like, touch base with some folks, and you said, like, you'd let them say no up until, like, a week or two before we kind of, like, hashed that out. But I have a different situation here that's going on where I invited two guys Okay. Um, about a week ago from when we were recording this podcast. I sent them texts, and one guy was like, okay. I am for sure in, but he told me, like, a while back, so, I, you know, you don't want to assume anything, so... Mm. i sent sent text out to two guys i got the non-response from both guys okay so because there's kind of a list of guys that want to go my my temptation is to be like you know what like i gave them a a shot let's go down the list let's invite two more guys now that those spots have opened up they have not responded it's been a week um so i guess option a go ahead did, did you do a follow-up text like, That was my question to things. you is do i owe them a follow-up text yeah 100%. i do even though like these are guys these, these aren't the guys that are like oh wait uh, you never texted me like these are guys that always typically respond <laughs> or they right. yeah
3: i think i think the fact that they normally respond and they said they for sure want to go maybe something happened with the text i just sent a, a slew of text to a friend and he didn't even get them until like you know something, ha- so, so I mean, maybe they were sick, maybe they were out of town. I don't know, but I would do at least a follow up text and see if you get something. Okay, um, I, I, maybe, may and sometimes maybe they're on the phone and you you don't see the text coming right. so it could be a lot of weird things like that. Fair
1: enough. Okay, so I will do that, and I'll probably do that tomorrow, given the full the full week. I think beautiful, but. I really want to start like figuring out who's going to go because there's a lot of logistical stuff going on here with like plane flights, people coming in from all sorts of different right. areas. So right. how many days after the second text do I give them before I simply just move on to the next people on the list?
3: I think you go Jesus mode. Okay. I think you go three, day, three days. Three days. If you, if you don't hear from them in three days, okay. it's, ten,
1: it's That's a That's just a lot of time, man. That's like a total of just 10 days with two texts.
3: I, Do you feel like seventy hours is about? I'm getting antsy. That's only just a lot of, two I'm just hours. I'm getting a
1: hours. antsy. I'll be honest. So I know you're getting antsy,
3: but it's only January, so you got to calm down. Yeah. But I know that. How many places can you? I mean, how many places are there? You got You're coordinating like
1: pickups and meetups and right all that. Plane stuff? flights with a couple of the guys is, is one of the issues. Plane flights and scheduling for sure. But the other issue too is that like this is the time of year where we just plan lots of trips, and so I've, I'm balancing basically planning four different trips at once and so i'm just trying to lock in details so i can stop focusing on if that makes sense Mm. i get it i mean i get that that is that is aggravating
3: aggravating is there other things you can do for the trip to i don't know make the time go by faster or is it kind of like you need this info to progress with
1: the rest of everything it's probably my own need to control the situation okay so all right i will take your advice and we'll see how it goes. But okay,
4: I'm curious. I'm still holding out. I'm old. holding out
1: hope that you're that you're in on the trip, my friend. I hope I get to go. It sounds amazing. I'm yeah. So, yeah, it'll be fun. Okay, that's well, all I got. All
3: right. That sounds good. Thanks again for guys for hanging out with us. Uh, you know where to send the reviews. 5 stars only or just forget about it. <laughs> uh, we will see you next time guys on the BNB. And remember guys, if Carl needs a cheeseburger, he's going to be in the woods looking for it. You have a good one. <laughs> I want to fly around the world. There is another berry that uh, that Carl desperately tries to avoid. Uh, It's called the frozen berry, and uh, he doesn't eat it because he knows in his heart if he eats it, his core body temperature will drop and he's going to dehydrate.
0: I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life.